This My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Rolls-Royce of barbell monitoring technology, the GymAware. Guys, in-season training, we rock the GymAware all the time for quite a few reasons. The first, of course, is just that, the ding. Every time the athlete hears that, they know that they're hitting exactly what we need from them at that moment. And when they don't hear it, it brings out that extra little bit of competitiveness within themselves. On top of that, that awesome ding ends out bringing together the athletes as well, pushing each other and getting each other to be able to hit numbers that they probably wouldn't hit at that portion of the year. And finally, of course, that ding helps us monitor, manipulate, and keep track of volumes and intensities so we can best dose our athletes during the season at the right time with the right amount. Guys, hop over to kinetic.com.au and check out what Evan and the team down there have because this is absolutely a sensational product that's changed the way that we've trained our athletes. This edition of My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Valve Performance, the team behind the Nordboard, Force Decks, the Groin Bar, and Human Track. Guys, the most important ability for all of our athletes is availability, and that's the absolute goal of Valve Performance, is to provide solutions to performance professionals so that we can get the right information to make the right decision at the right time for the betterment of the athletes that we get to work with. To do this, guys, they have a wide range of validated products that focus on usability and having been founded by the School of Exercise and Nutrition Sciences at the Queensland University of Technology, they're extremely evidence-based and they're beyond transparent. I can tell you that our time using the Nordboard and being involved with Force Decks, we have been introduced to so many amazing people that have truly helped us become better coaches, have a better understanding, not just of the technology, but also what we're doing with our athletes. So make sure you hop over to valveperformance.com today to make sure you check out what they got. It's going to make you better and to do better by your athletes. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is the combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the Internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. Today, guys, I, I kind of want to run down a little bit of a different rabbit hole, uh, something that, you know, you see quite often on social media, whether it be Twitter 
people putting posts on Instagram or different things on Facebook is um, these really interesting arguments about different things that are kind of societally based. And one that you see very often that I think more and more is becoming kind of agenda driven is this idea of um, early specialization being like the end all be all of ruining everyone's athleticism. So I want to kind of talk about that, some things that I've seen and, and some things that people that, you know, I respect a lot have seen around the world when it comes to, you know, the athletes that they've gotten the pleasure of working with. And I, and I, th I want to say one thing first, I'm not for or against early specialization. I've been really lucky to have the opportunity to work in the sport of swimming for the better part of the last 15 years. And there aren't many sports in, in America that, you know, kids specialize in earlier than swimming. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, as Keenan Robinson says about the subculture, they, they wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and dive in a box of water and stare at a black line at the bottom of a pool for two hours. You know, if you're doing that every day, it's pretty hard to go to lacrosse practice at 4 o'clock, Right especially when you get to the higher levels and these kids are asked to do two-a-days more often than not if you're, if you're at a competitive level. Um, so, you know, being kind of in the middle of it and understanding it from both sides, uh, I'd kind of like to take a stab at some things. You know, and the first thing that I'd like to bring up is, is there's a lot of sports and a lot of cultures and a lot of countries where early specialization has been really, really successful, really successful. Uh, if you look at the Chinese, you know, the divers, the gymnasts, even American gymnasts, we can be honest, and divers um, have been exceptionally you know, successful. Now, you sit here and say, well, it's just been survival of the fittest. And I would say, of course. Of course it is. How many just sensational athletes has it not been survival of the fittest? Right? Like, we, we talk about all the time how specializing early ruins athletes. And then a lot of times we like to, to cite, like, you know, Team X had 90% of their offensive starters, you know, in this FBS program where they ran track and or played another sport in high school, you know, early specialization ruins people. Well, first of all, almost, I mean, most high schools, at least when I was growing up, which for a lot of you listening to this, you weren't even alive then. But anyway, um, back when I was growing up, almost everybody who played a fall sport ran track. That it was just something that you did to, to try to get faster, you know. And I understand now there's high school strength coaches and, you know, the National High School Strength Conditioning Association is doing awesome things and trying to help build that. But but still, like, these these athletes are doing what people have been doing forever. Um, but just because they ran track doesn't mean they're better football players, right? Like, we get into these arguments, Right, that it's like, oh, well, Olympic weightlifting is the best way to develop power and triple extension. And then the, the other side goes, well, but if Olympic weightlifting was the best way to get better at football, then why aren't all the Olympic weightlifters football players? And we turn around and we go, oh, well, that's stupid. So that brings me to the point that I think a lot of these arguments are agenda driven, right? Because we are people who live in the general, we are people who live in developing general qualities. For the most part, our profession just lives and dies by building the general qualities, you know, general speed, general work capacity or endurance or fitness or whatever we want to call it, general strength, um, general movement patterns and, and different ways of changing direction to help athletes perform better, we hope, 
in their game of choice. Now, there are some things that you can do to evaluate them and hopefully have better carryover. And those have been talked about on these shows ad nauseum. But the end of the day, the strength and conditioning or sport performance world lives in this area of general. So I think that all too often we fight the idea of specialization because it kind of goes against where we're at. And I think my biggest argument against the idea that specialization is bad would be Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, you could argue, is the greatest athlete that any of us over the age of 20 right now will have ever seen. I mean, he was an all-star baseball player. He was an actually he was a freak show running back for the Raiders at the time. But ended out having the hips of a Labrador retriever, right? Like he fell apart. He never specialized. He played two professional sports. Played them both in college too, right? Like he played both at Auburn, I think. So specialization is bad and he never specialized and he is Arguably, the greatest athlete that's lit, that's walked the planet in my 40 years on this planet. And wouldn't that mean that he would have been more durable? Now, hold on, I hear it right now. But Jay, that's the extreme. Yeah, but so is Ohio State. Like when you sit here and you say, oh, well, all the people at Ohio State were multi-sport athletes. Well, maybe. All the people in the NFL draft were multi-sport athletes. Well, maybe. Are they, are they in the NFL? Are they playing at Ohio State or Alabama or Auburn or USC or whoever because they were multi-sport athletes? Or are they playing there because they're exceptional American football players? If Zion Williamson played six different sports, would he still have been playing at Duke because he played six different sports or because he was an exceptional basketball player? We're making inferences on things that may or may not be connected. What other sports did Wayne Gretzky play? What other sports did Cal Ripken Jr. play? You know, people who had really long careers and were really successful. It's, I think that we're sitting here and we're making arguments about things and we're inferring things because we are generalists by nature. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, anybody that knows me would say, well, I mean, yeah, the that's the reason why he really loves the one by twenties because it allows him to stay in the general longer and have longer adaptations and progress longer and yada, yada, yada. And you'd be dead on hammer, meat, nail. But at the same time, understanding that there are some exceptional athletes that are identified early and move forward for the duration of their career that aren't multi-sport athletes is also need something that needs to be recognized as well. You know, I think it was Andy Galpin, and I hope it was, because I'm going to give him credit for this, who said something like, the problem with, you know, looking at the research is it always deals with the averages. And I think that really too often that's what we're looking at. We're generalizing and looking at the averages. Or we're trying to compare the averages to the exceptions. Or vice versa. And that's not right. We talk about needing to look at our training protocols for each athlete as an, every athlete is an end of one. And I think that the same instance needs to be looked at in, in that sense. 
What if it's a sport that really requires it? We talk about the need for rest and recovery, but then we're also talking about kids needing to play multiple sports. We're talking about the needing for general physical preparation and them to get stronger and do more kid-type things like, you know, us old farts used to do back in the day when we were outside climbing and falling off trees. When are they going to do that when they're playing four sports? It's a different world. It's a different time. And things have advanced. Yeah, is it money-driven? Of course it is. What isn't? Right? Like, what isn't in this world? Of course it's money-driven. Of course these big-time sport organizations are just out to make a buck. And that's why they're asking Johnny and Janie to play for Soccer Club X 12 months out of the year. Of course. Is that maybe what's in the best interest of the kid? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But there's a lot of cases that show, right, that the more you work at something, the better you get. And if a kid really wants to be invested and puts all their time and effort into just one sport, there's no guarantee they're going to get hurt. There's no guarantee they're not going to get hurt. There's no guarantee that when it's raining and storming out right now, that if I walk to my car, I'm not going to get hit by lightning. Stuff happens. But I think that this idea of early specialization is the cause of all these problems, I think is trying to lump too many things into one basket. Is it early specialization? Is it your iPhone? Is it Fortnite? Is it that these kids are in school too long? Is it that they're tested too much? Is it the ending of physical education as we know it in elementary school, middle school, and high school? Is it a combination of all of those? I think the answer is probably the latter. So when we sit here and we just start blaming early specialization for all these problems, let's take a step back. Because everyone here is in the middle of it and contributing to it. Coaches are offering scholarships earlier. People who own facilities are specialists when it comes to training too. You know, there's the guy that works with basketball players in your town. There's the guy that works with baseball players in your town. There's the people that work with swimmers or volleyball players or whoever it is. Whether it's a therapist or a strength coach, you can find them in every city in America. On top of the functional gurus and the movement gurus and whatever else it may be. Because it's all money driven. So maybe it's better just to sit down and have the conversation with the kids because Maybe this specialization stuff is also because Sarah only likes soccer. Becky only likes basketball. Jeff only wants to play hockey. And if that's the case, who cares? But sitting here and putting these messages out and putting tweets up about, oh, specialization is bad and it's ruining the world and these kids are falling apart because of it, it's just like the cheap pop when Mick Foley used to come out in the WWF and be like, Hey, it's great to be back in this town, and everybody screams because that's what we want to hear. So enough is enough of it. Let's start figuring out what's best for these kids, and then figuring out how you can make them better when you're working with them. Because if you are working with them, and you are doing what's best for them, and you really think that only playing one sport is bad for them, then you should be training them accordingly, and doing what you need to do to make sure that you're evening out all of these problems that are so, you know, supposedly happening 
because they only play one sport. Because again, isn't that what we do? We're the the generalists that take care of all the general and get them to do these general things better. So take a step back and think of it that way. Because again, I think that a lot of it is us saying things to say things to make us seem like, again, I think a lot of it is us just saying things that kind of follow the herd for us to be able to get a high five from our buddies and be like, yeah, man, specialization's bad. I think the Chinese divers would say otherwise. I think their ping pong team would say otherwise. I think their weightlifters would say otherwise. I think there's a lot of wrestlers in the Midwest that would tell you otherwise. But that's just me. Again, I'm not pro, con, with, or against it either way. I just think that the time for us to sit here and stop throwing up these messages to get a cheap pop and have a few extra likes and retweets so people think that we're saying things that's cool, it's kind of coming to an end. So as always, guys, appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. See you then.